Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. The U.S. Supreme Court is set to decide a First Amendment issue in a January 6th case of prosecutions. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. You know, Matt, I'm so grateful that this case has finally made it to the high court and they've decided to take it because there's so many patriotic Americans that are just sitting in prison, have not gotten trials, just rotting away because this issue needs to be dealt with. Yes, and that's why Liberty Council filed an amicus brief with the U.S. Supreme Court in the case of Fisher versus United States, a case where three January 6th defendants are appealing the government's use of an evidence destruction law to criminally charge them for entering the U.S. Capitol to exercise their First Amendment rights to assemble, speak, and petition. In December 2023, the High Court granted the petition of three individuals. They have been charged uh, with corruptly obstructing an official proceeding, namely the joint session of Congress that was convened on January 6, 2021, to certify the 2020 election the defendants say they briefly entered the U.S. Capitol after Congress had recessed. In this case, uh, Fisher contends that the federal government is overreaching by charging them under the 2002 Sarbanes-Oxley Act, which is a law that grew out of the collapse of the Enron Corporation and is designed to prevent the fraudulent destruction of corporate financial records. Specifically, Section 1512C of the law makes it a felony to corruptly alter, destroy, mutilate, or conceal a record, document, or other object with the intent to undermine an official proceeding. A second part of the statute also applies to anyone who otherwise obstructs, influences, or impedes any official proceeding. The law authorizes up to a 20-year prison sentence for violators. But they didn't obstruct any kind of procedures going on. No, and Congress you know, wasn't you, meeting. Even if they were meeting, the the real question is, does this law actually apply to this kind of activity? Well, what about all the other violent activities we've seen the last couple of years, BLM and all those others where they've destroyed property and people have been injured, if not killed? Are they also liable well, and to this? That's the real implication of this law. What you see here is that the Department of Justice under the Biden administration has been weaponized to use this law against political opponents particularly those involving January 6th. But you're right. We can talk about a lot of the other situations that have gone on, and we pointed out in our brief about many of these other cases that you mentioned, Holly, uh, with respect to BLM, with respect to the pro-Palestinian protesters recently in Washington, D.C. that entered the Capitol, mm -hmm. and they shut it down with their protest, with their pro-Palestinian protest. What about the people that uh, walked up the steps of the Supreme Court and overpowered the security guard and they were scratching and clawing on the doors of the United States Supreme Court or those that were picketing 
outside of the private homes of the justices in 2022. Right. Remember the Brett Kavanaugh hearings? What all happened then? Yeah. Remember the people that were actually inside the hearing. Right. And they were painting themselves with all kinds of red fake blood. Remember, uh, there was a person in a wheelchair that you couldn't easily just move out, uh, but they positioned themselves in the midst of people. And then they started protesting in the midst of Kavanaugh's confirmation hearing. And they had to actually lift the wheelchair because the person would not go on her own. And they had to carry it out. Right. And of course, these people were paid actors. But this needs to be addressed because this will just continue every time the left radicals don't like what's going on. They'll just go in there and start committing violence. But yet this patriotic, peaceful um, people on January 6th are the ones that are in prison. Yes, that's right. And they're in prison. There's over 330 individuals that have been charged under this law. So in March of 2022, a U.S. district judge in Washington, D.C., dismissed the Section 1512C charges against Fisher, reasoning that the law was not only intended to narrowly apply to evidence tampering that leads to an obstruction of an official proceeding. However, uh, in April of 2023, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia ruled in a split decision, two to one, to reverse that decision and reinstate the charges against Fisher, Lang, and Miller. Uh, those cases are now combined, and they're before the United States Supreme Court. So in this case, what we have here is a federal judge already ruled that this law is not applicable to the January 6th situation. But it was reversed by a district court of appeals two to one, and so the Supreme Court is now considering the case. Our brief argues, without taking a position on what these individuals are doing, because, by the way, they're no doubt peaceful people that got swept up in January 6th. Right. And you did have some paid actors in there, but most of these were just patriotic people that were peacefully protesting. Yeah, and you also had some bad actors, too. Right. So, But the bad actors, those that are bad actors, that actually did create violence, that you know, intentionally are climbing a fence. Obviously, if the fence is there, you know you're not supposed to climb it. Bad actors can actually be prosecuted, but not under this law. There are laws that can be used like trespass and other kinds mm -hmm. of laws, assault or battery. Uh, those are laws that are available in Washington, D.C., and they could be used against the bad actors, but you have to have a specific action that fits the specific law. The problem, however, for the Department of Justice and the Biden administration is that those existing laws do not anywhere come near a 20-year prison sentence. So, and they're not very broad. They're very specific about what you need to do to be a violator of that law. So if you don't fit that, or if the sentence for violating that law is not very much, the Department of Justice sits around and thinks up, well, what else can we come up with? Well, let's try this Sarbanes-Oxley Act. Yeah, but what happened to innocent until proven guilty? These people have not even gotten a trial, Matt, and they're sitting there. Many of them have pled guilty because of the consequences of going to trial and losing under this vague law that's being used against them. Even though they're not guilty. Even though they're not guilty. I know that some people have just said, you know, if I go to trial and I lose, I have, you know, this long prison sentence. 
Where's our justice system? If I plead guilty now, I have a criminal record. I have a much lower penalty or prison sentence, and I'm going to do that. So they felt pressured, and this is what the government sometimes does. And which is exactly what the DOJ wants. Yeah, so this particular law, in our brief, we decided to file a brief on this case because this can affect peaceful gatherings when someone wants to use it politically. Uh, when you're in Washington, D.C. or in some other place where you're having a peaceful assembly and somebody says, oh, well, you're obstructing an official proceeding. Well, this is your First Amendment right to assemble, speak, and petition. What's, you know, that's at stake here. Yeah, so our brief argues that using a document shredding prohibition such as Section 1512C in this manner criminalizes a large swath of constitutionally protected expression and thus runs roughshod over the First Amendment. Our brief also stated the reason for this unprecedented application of 1512C was due to prosecutors running amok because they detested uh, the speech, uh, assembly, and expression of the people uh, with regards to January 6th. So it was politically mm, motivated. Absolutely. We also explain that there's a lot of other expressive activity that could be swept up in this. And we, we asked the question about individuals who violently assaulted the Hatfield Federal Courthouse in Portland, Oregon, the person who unlawfully disrupted Justice Brett Kavanaugh's Senate confirmation hearing, and the anti-Israel protesters who stormed the rotunda in the Cannon Office House building, all of which resulted in injuries to police officers or preceding attendees, resulting in lesser charges, including disorderly conduct or unlawful protesting, but not charged under the right. Sarbanes-Oxley Act. So we asked, did the United States trot out 1512C? To prosecute these violent protesters that stormed the Capitol in the same manner as the numerous January 6th defendants? And the answer is no, they mm. didn't. So the problem is, is it's being selectively used. And the bigger problem, the bigger problem is it doesn't apply at all. Right. Because there's no documents. There's no corporate fraud. There's no trying to shred audits or tax returns, trying to prevent a investigations by the SEC or anything else as was the reason for passing the Sarbanes-Oxley Act. So go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org. We'll continue to update you until the Supreme Court decision comes down before the end of June. For more information, go to lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. You can also call us at 407-875-1776. Again, that phone number, 407-875-1776. The website again, lc.org.